This week on Double A Podcast, Adam and Anthony discuss the new trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. We also look at Aquaman's performance at the box office. Next up, we discuss Business Insider's top seven shows on streaming services. And I discuss the new Fire Festival documentary released by Netflix. Finally, we break down the Muppet movie. In our month of firsts. Welcome back to the podcast formerly known as Double A Pop Culture Cast. And is now known as Double A Popcast. That's right. Um, so last night, Anthony and I were recording a, a, a segment later on in the episode, and we decided that, you know, Double A Pop Culture Cast is great. It's a bit wordy, mm-hmm. a bit long. Kind of, you know, it takes you a while to say the whole name. It's like, you know, oh, what do you, what do you do? Oh, I do double A pop culture cast. And they're like, I'm half, I got to pop and I just fell asleep. So just double A pop cast. Um, we've changed everything on social media. Speaking of social media, let's take this time to plug our Twitter account, which we've had since the beginning, since November, um, which is at double A pop cast, all one word, spell out the word double D-O-U-B-L-E-A-P-O-P-C-A-S-T. Double A Popcast. And our new Instagram, which is also... Double A Popcast. Same thing. Yep. I'm not going to spell it for you, but... <laughs> but yeah. Um, so find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, we'll be posting polls on our Twitter. Uh, different discussion questions on our Instagram. Yes. Um, stay up to date on the podcast there. Yeah. Also, share this podcast if you like it with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. And also if you like it... Please leave reviews. Yes, on Apple Podcasts. Any podcast you can review, give us a good, like a five star rating. Uh, with the way Apple Podcasts work, is the 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 more reviews, the more ratings we get, the farther up in the charts we go. And we like to take this podcast from a nobody knows about this podcast to everybody knows about this podcast. Yes. So leave a um, leave a five star review, leave a comment, Apple Podcast. That'd be great. Um, but enough of plugging our own podcast how are you doing anthony i am doing wonderful how are you doing i'm good i'm good uh last night we watched the muppet movie we did um so we've been uh just preparing i at least have been just looking up everything muppet today yeah I've um, come up with some Muppet puns and plays really? on different movie titles and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what movie titles have you thought? So I was thinking, so did you ever see Animal House? Yes. I'm thinking Animal House with the character Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> and I'm just imagining him on the poster wearing the college shirt. Yeah. Just imagine him running through the, at the end of the movie, Doga, Doga. Exactly. Yeah. He yeah. could so fit that role. That'd be great. Yeah. That's played by... John you know Belushi. Yes. Yeah, John Belushi. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Say it with conviction. You knew John it. John Belushi. <laughs> Everyone knows. Every first, you know, freshman college dorm has that John Belushi in that black, just his college sweatshirt and kind of looking confused. Right. People don't know that you're you go to call that you're a college freshman unless you have that poster on your wall. Yeah. Or you have that shirt. Exactly. Otherwise, people are like, "Are you a sophomore <laughs> or a junior?" Is he like, "Oh, you're are you visiting? Are you in from high school?" I'm an alumni, I see. <laughs> like, no, no, you're a freshman if you have that poster. Yeah, but with so this 
being a Muppet centric episode and yes. being in that Muppet frame of mind, it got that me Muppet thinking. Mindset, if you will, the Muppet mind. <laughs> I like the alliteration. Yeah. So I was telling you, I used in high school. I worked at an inflatable funhouse, Chuck E. Cheese type place, entertainment mm-hmm. facility, and <laughs> at some point during my tenure there, the management decided, oh, we could play music on Pandora, mm-hmm. and we should probably since our audience since the people here are from age like two to 10, we should probably play more kid friendly stuff. So they would just look up the kid friendly station and every single shift I worked, there was this song that would play. It was a cover of forget you by CeeLo green Mm -hmm. sang entirely by chickens who were bacocking. Exactly. That's what it was. It was, it was torture. Yikes. And for the longest time, I didn't know what it was from. I'm like, is this just some like barnyard <laughs> album where it's like, all right, next the pig's gonna do, <laughs> I don't know, Queen song, you know, uh, uh, the cows uh, perform, um, uh, we are the champions. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, one of my coworkers yeah. told me it was from, at the time, one of the new Muppet movies, which. The reboot, I think, with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so that was yeah. something that came up. Something else I've been thinking about the Muppets are something we I realized after watching this movie, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But at least in the movie, there are only two female Muppets, and I don't think any of them are voiced by females. You're right. It's, it's um, Miss Piggy and yeah. Janice. Yeah. And they're both voiced by men. Yeah. Frank Oz voices Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who voices Janice. I don't know either. I think it might either be Frank Oz or um, Jim Henson. Ah. One of the two. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's no other... Well, no, there's technically three female Muppets. Oh, yeah? The third one being Gonzo's girlfriend slash wife chicken. Oh, the chicken. You're because right. Because I think he, he says, you know... He references the chicken in like a pronoun saying her or she. Yeah. Um, or like she's scared or she's nervous. <laughs> um, like, don't worry, my sweet, don't worry, my beauty. I mean, unless, in which case, or unless it's like, you know, a male chicken and it was a very forward thinking, progressive movie at the time, having Gonzo be a gay character, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you don't know. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a female <laughs> chicken. And even then, I don't think that's female. Doing the, I don't think that's a guy. At least anyone could do that. I think. I feel yeah. like you know, any. I know that in that Muppet TV show that air, that aired what a three years ago now Something on ABC. Like that. Yeah, that there was a new character that was introduced that was a female pig. Yeah, another female pig. Yeah, but I think she was voiced by a female. Yeah. Um. I know, so I've been listening to, and I mentioned this on the podcast before, listening to this one podcast, um, Star Wars Minute, mm-hmm. and for reference on how long it's taking me to get to this podcast, so these guys break down um, all the Star Wars movies minute by minute, and they discuss each minute, um, and I've listened since, and they're doing it in release order, mm-hmm. so technically they're going four, five, six, one, two, three, and they're currently doing seven right now. Um and I started that at, like, the middle of October. 
mm-hmm. and I've just gotten to the half hour into the movie mark of Return of the Jedi. It's taken me a while <laughs> to get through this whole podcast, but they mentioned how Frank Oz, when doing the voice of Yoda, um, at one day on filming, when they have the Luke on Dagobah scene, the training montage, if you will, he brought his Miss Piggy puppet with him, because I guess he was good enough friends with Jim Henson that he would just take the puppet with him. And there are some pictures you can find online of like Miss Piggy on Dagobah with Luke. <laughs> Um, is that canon (laughs) yeah the canonically speaking uh yoda shares his hut with miss piggy (laughs) the muppet from the planet earth (laughs) that's great but yeah um but yeah it's uh it's a great movie what we watched later i'm very excited to share everything we talked about with uh with the fans yeah some interesting discussions there yeah um you know we should call with a name of what to call our fan base we should. We will think of that. The batteries. The batteries? <laughs> no. Because your weekly recharge? <laughs> because Ew. double A recharge. Hmm. What, it, I feel like the fan should decide that, probably. We'll put, it on, we'll put a... Um, we'll come up with some... Tell you what. We'll come up with some ideas. Some social media interaction here. Mm-hmm. Come up with some ideas. And then we will have the fans vote on it on a Twitter poll. Yeah. With... Like, the first three options being, like, stuff we come up with, and the fourth option being, like, we want to name ourselves. So... Uh, okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll let the fans decide. Put there it to go. a... Uh, put it... Uh, to in, a vote? To a vote. I was to say, put it to democracy, but... <laughs> hey, that, that's a vote. Put that it to works. democracy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to democracy! To democracy! So it's like, right into the ballot box. Yeah. <laughs> Batman and Robin vote. You okay there? Yeah. <laughs> Got too excited when you said Batman and Robin. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we get into the news? Let's do it. All right. It's time for the news. First up, this new Spider-Man trailer came out this week. It yeah. is Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, I, unfortunately, have yet to see spider-man homecoming which i cannot believe i'm honestly a little bit outraged by the fact that we haven't seen <laughs> spider-man homecoming i mean i wouldn't say outraged but okay. i would say outraged oh. don't don't label my feelings <laughs> so i don't i was thinking of i've been thinking about this a lot lately the fact that you haven't seen <laughs> and i've realized i don't know that i've ever missed a movie in the mcu i i'm trying to think I've missed, there are two movies, three movies, three movies in the MCU that I've missed. Ooh, let me guess. Okay. Is Spider-Man Homecoming one of them? That's one. <laughs> Second one, I'm going to guess Thor The Dark World. Correct. Third, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess the third is Iron Man 3. Correct. Oh! You got all three! You got all three! Um. For those of you who couldn't see that, Anthony kind of did like a rapper pose, like, like oh, and like crossed his arms. It I was, was excited. It was amazing, yeah. But yeah, those are the three movies I have, well, okay, I've seen parts of Iron Man 3. Wait, you, oh, to this day you haven't seen it. But I have not seen it entirely. Oh. I've, I've seen the, I saw the entire segment where he's in Tennessee. I, I know. I cannot believe this right and now. I've heard that the Iron Man 3 is the best Iron Man. I really like it. Um, you, so wait, you haven't seen Thor: The Dark World at all? Yeah. 
what okay so when i said i don't think i missed an mcu marvel movie i meant i haven't i haven't um i haven't not so like okay let me hold on a second <laughs> you okay so, so they come out sequentially right so i haven't for example let me talk i need to talk I'm i don't talk. know why i'm struggling to talk i, know, I don't I'm talk- know i'm talking to myself right now you're good okay i can do this you can words can come out so for example let's start off iron man then the hulk so they come out sequentially right. i've never missed a movie where it's like i didn't see iron man and then i saw hulk and i saw iron man later i've always seen the movie before the next one comes out oh so you've all have you always seen it in theaters almost always there's a couple i haven't though okay actually there's only one i think i haven't and that's the first thor but i saw it on dvd before captain america came out okay gotcha um yeah i know actually i think i i might have actually seen that after captain america came out i might be lying i'm not sure so all that time you couldn't talk and you were just lying to me. <laughs> it was such a filled up in a way. Your, your mind was trying to fight with it. It's like, no, Anthony, you haven't seen them in order. Don't lie to Adam. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, um, those are the only three that I haven't seen. Everything else I've either seen in theaters or I've seen on DVD or Netflix later. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen all of those. Yeah. Particularly Iron Man 3 and Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, weren't fu- you hyped? I was very hyped for Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm still very hyped. The hype train hasn't died for me. I still want to see it. I just haven't like. It's not the top of my priority list. Are you serious? I have other things on my mind. <laughs> like I feel, I, I, I have the MCU is kind of my fix. So oh, I, I, I know. I start shaking when. When there, it's been a while since I've seen a new Marvel you know, MCU movie. So, like, right now, you must be like, oh, my God, Captain Marvel can't get here soon enough. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I will say, the Marvel movies just have, and it could be an unpopular opinion, I'm about to say. Okay. You know, you're, giving me, you're giving me a look. <laughs> no, I'm um, just bracing myself. Yeah. Um, I think the Marvel movies are a great film series. They have... And okay through line. There's been a little... Like, things have come and gone. Like, plot points have become very important in some movies and have become, like, irrelevant in, some, in other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I think what makes them so good is not necessarily the individual movies' plots. Because some of the movie plots are very just, like, Oh, it's a hero on a hero's journey. One comes to mind immediately is Ant Man, where the villain is like, "I'm evil because I used the particle, the pin particle, and it makes you evil." And it's like, "Oh, why is he evil? Because he wants to." Huh? No, it's because the pin particles. His, yeah, but like his exposure to the pin particles without a protective helmet. Right. At the same time, though, it's just kind of like, oh. So there's, like, no one's going to work on, like, an antidote. Or, like... Because Hank Pym knows this. He's, like, he's being corrupted by the Pym particle. I'm, like, are you going to work to reverse it? No, we're just going to let this guy keep on doing what he's doing? Cool. Well, even if he does, people have free will. How is he... Is he going to believe Hank Pym and who says, Oh, you're crazy. You're insane. You should take... Also, is that how... I Going into the mental health field, is that how mental health works? <laughs> Oh, you're... You tell me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But I, What I like about the Marvel movies, though, is that they 
they're a genre each of them are kind of a genre exploration so with ant-man it's mm-hmm. a heist film that's true that's true ant-man and ant-man of the wasp to a degree they both are, are. you're film. right yeah um winter soldier is a great spy film yeah um, political espionage for mm-hmm. sure um and then you're just guardians of the galaxy which is just space opera well space opera comedy yeah um, I would say that and Thor Ragnarok kind of fall into the same category of this adventure comedy. Um, also, I'm just very biased towards Thor Ragnarok because I love Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. just in anything he's in. Um, even movies where he's like a cameo, I'm like, sign me up. I will pay, you know, $12 to sit through two and a half hours of a film to see 10 seconds of Jeff Goldblum because that man is a gift to this world <laughs> have you ever seen the video where it's jeff goldblum's laugh for like 10 hours oh i think what do you think song... i fall asleep to at night <laughs> <laughs> i think there's a song to it though too it's like <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's exactly like, it's like, how did who is where did he come from like did this man emerge from like the earth he like, just came up one day and is like hello world i'm here i'm jeff goldblum i'm good i'm here to act and uh do uh uh, uh movies and everyone's like yes you are that's what you're here for i don't know he's just amazing i love him in jurassic park i loved him in um thor ragnarok as the grandmaster um <laughs> did you ever see that james corden does he does a bit where it's i think if I'm remembering it correctly, it's Thank You Next, but for Jeff Goldblum. I've not seen the this. music video. It's I'm pretty good. I'm very upset. It's pretty good. It. Anyway, Spider-Man Homecoming is coming <laughs> out. Um, or Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Homecoming has already come out. For I, you, I've, Spider-Man Homecoming. It's still going it's like it's me. coming. Um, but Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out. And a lot of fans are already thinking, you know, they're trying to figure out where this fits in the MCU timeline. And mm-hmm. we, had, we discussed this last night. Um, and there's, well, my opinion is that this takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because it wouldn't make much sense from a movie, because Marvel, Marvel, Star Wars, DC to a degree, um, these movies rely on your emotional connection to the character Mm -hmm. in some part. Um, you know, people got very emotional when they saw Luke Skywalker in, at the end of Force Awakens because, you know, oh my gosh, that's Luke Skywalker, that was my childhood, or like, you no, know, that's like a sci-fi icon I look up to. And in the same way, the MCU characters have kind of fit into that mold of today's generation of young, you know, kids, even young adults, anyone, all ages, you know. Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr., is Iron Man. Um, when I think Tony Stark, the only way I can envision him is Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal, you know? Okay. And I feel like it wouldn't make sense for Endgame to have a conclusion where Spider-Man or any of the other Avengers don't come back from the snap. And then the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like, remember that good old times before the snap when everyone was like alive? Here's Spider-Man on vacation fighting Mysterio. <laughs> remember when that was whenever when he was still here so i feel like they have to do that because that would be a jerk move of like oh yeah this character's dead but here he is from one last go around well it sounds like you're saying that you don't think the snap is going to be reversed or stopped in endgame oh no 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 i 
I think it is going to be reversed because it would. I I'm only saying it would be horrible if the MCU decided. You know, I'm saying they wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. The Marvel the Marvel Studios would not release a film after Endgame, being like, "Remember when one of your favorite characters was alive? Here he is." You know, I don't think they would do that. But that would be just like a punch in the gut to the fans. That's the whole emotional thing I was talking about. Right. Okay. I get. I guess I get what you're saying. To that, I say, so this whole thing where some fans are saying that Far From Home is a spoiler for Endgame, but the thing is, half of all life was killed in Infinity War. Spoiler. Oh, whoops. Probably just. It's been. It's been (laughs) almost a year. If you haven't seen Infinity War yet. Go see Infinity War. Anthony can tell me all the spoilers for Spider-Man Homecoming. I've earned it. I've deserved that, you know? <laughs> so, it's not... Like, th- that's not going to stay in effect. Some no. Something's going to change whether they go back in time and stop Thanos from ever doing that. It splits off into another timeline or what have you. Yeah. So, it's like... And they need to market this movie. Or else you get something like Solo, where they didn't start marketing that with trailers till. I want to say two months before the movie was coming out. It the first trailer was during the Super Bowl, or and that was months? yeah, that was like even though it was the beginning of May, so it was like two and a half months before the movie even came out. Yeah, um, which if you release a trailer two and a half months before um, the movie comes out, then it's like, are you really confident in the film? Yeah, and that might be an oversimplification because there was a lot going on with the Star Wars franchise at that point. That's true. A movie had just been released. But with in this case, you have to Sony has to market for this movie. Because so this is a Sony movie set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's be clear about that. Whereas like Infinity War, Endgame, Black Panther, those are Marvel Studios movies. Oh, I thought this was a Marvel Studios movie. It like it's set in that universe, but Sony gets the profit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Didn't know that. Yeah, and in that way, they're able to use the character. And I guess might as well just talk about this now. And that gives me hope that Sony will continue to let to have this partnership with Marvel with Marvel Studios because this trailer was the most viewed Sony trailer movie for a, trailer for a Sony film within twenty four hours. Really, that was a very roundabout way of saying that you're good yeah i i feel like now that spider-man's in the mcu either removing him or killing him off would be very it would look and again back to that whole emotional thing the ceos of these companies have to realize that yeah they have to make money Mm -hmm. but they don't want to piss off the fans but also i think at the end of the day they're more interested in the money (laughs) right but But if you if you anger the fans enough you know like, I can't imagine any... I remember when The Amazing Spider-Man... The Amazing Spider-Man came out with Andrew Garfield. I was thinking, oh, we get to see Uncle Ben die again. And then when I remember seeing trailers for Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm thinking, are we going to see Uncle Ben die a third time? <laughs> and if they were like, nope, we're taking Spider-Man back, and then it's a it's a fourth different Spider-Man actor, it's like, are we going to see Uncle Ben die again? Are we going to get another origin story? We get it. He he goes to Oscorp. He gets bitten by the spider. He has this whole discovery of the powers. And he fights the villain in the end. Like, I can tell you how every Spider-Man movie would go if they just kept rebooting it because they want the money. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would just recognize that it's successful here. They're keeping the profits. Just keep it in the MCU. Right. Let Disney, you know, tie it in with all their stuff. 
because people Marvel movies are like a staple now of summer of the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have your kind of winter, early spring movie. Last year was Black Panther, end of February. This year is Captain Marvel, beginning of March. And then we have your summer. Last year it was Infinity War. This year it's Endgame. And also, then, Ant-Man came out in the summer. It was in July. And Ant-Man came out in the summer. Um, but it was also, because it was April 26th when um, Infinity War came out. So, about two months later, roughly, mm-hmm. uh, a month and a half later, we got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and then this year we have um, Endgame. And then a few months later, in July, we have Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. So, they're building a pattern and I think that if Sony was like, you know, you've used this character now in, you know, this will, this will be now, what, four or five movies? Five movies after Endgame, assuming Spider- we see Spider-Man in Endgame, which I'm pretty confident we will. Right. This will be the fifth movie featuring Spider-Man. And for them to be like, nope, he's ours now again. You know, it's, it almost is kind of like, you know, renting out. Is very the only thing I like. I think of it is like racehorses. People own racehorses, yeah, but they hire jockeys to race the horse. Mm-hmm. And if you have hired a jockey, who is getting like none of the profits? You're still getting all the profits, but you've hired a jockey that used to race a horse with like the same name. Mm-hmm. But you've hired this jockey, and they are winning every single time, and you are making bank every time you win. I can't imagine you'd be like, I want a different jockey now because I don't like that you, you know, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Well, and exactly. It's money talks. Like, and that's the part where I was thinking, it's not necessarily that Sony is, would be concerned about making the fans mad. They would only be concerned if that turned into people not showing up for the movie or buying the movie. Yeah. But they have Spider, they have the Peter Parker Spider-Man character over in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They have this into the spider verse animated offshoot or mm-hmm. their own little series that they're creating where we're going to have a sequel and it sounds like a spin-off with spider women char- characters it sounds like mm. and then they also have in that which started with venom is apparently sony's calling it sony's universe of marvel characters mm-hmm. where we're going to have craven the hunter Mo- Mobi- morbius living vampire mm-hmm with Jared Leto attached. So it's like, and Venom did well. So it's like, if it works, it works. It's right. making money. They're going to continue it. Right. Speaking of... Wait, should we talk about the trailer though? Oh yeah. We the, didn't the actual, talk about the the actual trailer. trailer. Um, the trailer looks great. Um, there are several things I'm just questioning. Like what? Um, so the one biggest thing, biggest takeaway that I have is what's the villain's motives with Mysterio? Um, and we also brought talk about this last night as well, mm-hmm. where is Mysterio an actual, like, bad guy? Or is he kind of like, because we know in the comics, he's an illusionist. Yeah. That he's not actually magic, quote yeah. unquote. It's all smoke and mirrors, figuratively and literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what if, because we see, like, an Earth, like a big... I thought it was Sandman at first when I saw this like kind of dirt dust monster. I'm like, oh, is that Sandman? Are we getting like a Spider-Man three, mm-hmm. you know, again? Um, 
this kind of dirt monster, this fire monster, and then this um, like water monster. They're called elementals, by the way. Elementals. Okay. So the you see these three elementals and Mysterio's there, and you only see Mysterio at the very end of the trailer where he tells Spider-Man, you know, you like you don't want any part of this. Um, and it kind of seems like did Mysterio create these beings on accident? And he's trying to control them, you know, like what what happened here? Or is Mysterio kind of pulling a syndrome from the Incredibles and like manufacturing this I think that's what it is. I think he's manufacturing the threat. Oh okay. the elementals. So what are the elementals in the comics then? Like how do those play into I don't know of them. I'm just looking at the Marvel Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and it's saying that Marv- the Elementals were supposedly cast out of their own universe millennia ago, arriving on Earth before the city of Atlant- Atlantis was even built. Using their mastery of the elements, these four beings created a kingdom on Earth that was unopposed until they tried to extend their role into the land of that would someday be known as Egypt. So uh, mm. it doesn't that doesn't really tell me that much about them. I guess they're characters from another universe that have some sort of powers okay based on the elements gotcha interesting yeah um i think it just looks great i love the music that kind of homage to the classic spider-man theme yeah i also really like the music in this trailer was great i like how it's it starts off kind of uh with the was it io let's go is that the song that starts with I don't I know the so. actual name of that song. Like, oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like this fun, and you can see that it's, again, this coming-of-age type of movie that Homecoming was for the most part. So mm. I think, And that's going to be the first half of the movie. And then when Nick Fury shoots um, Ned with, the, with, Ned the, with dart. the dart, yeah, then it changes. The music drastically changes. Then you get that... Well, think, isn't that at the end? Or does that start there? It starts there. It does? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we see that they're in what looks like Venice and London and what's the third city? Because there's like a monster. Maybe Paris. It could be Egypt because that dust monster. Oh yeah, Um, but it looks like this takes place in Europe. It could be Europe, but maybe a bit of like Northern Africa. I don't know. Okay, but but yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited. Me too. I'm very hyped. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. Mysterio's an interesting character. I remember I first was introduced to him by playing the Spider-Man 2 video game for PlayStation 2. So that's based off the second Tobey Maguire movie. He was a villain in that game. And his storyline, I remember being really interesting. Yeah. I always saw him because I had a friend when I was younger, when I was like seven or eight who had all these spider-man toys mm-hmm. and i remember mysterio being my favorite one because i'm like i want to play this as the spaceman yeah because i had no idea who this guy was but i knew he had like a weird helmet and a cape and i'm like oh, he's a spaceman <laughs> clearly he's like an astronaut in a green suit <laughs> right um but yeah just i loved mysterio just the aesthetic of him the way he looked it was great um but yeah so and something else about mysterio is that i think it's going to be this so I think he's going to work with Spider-Man mm. and it's going to be this thing where, cause you even see in the trailer where 
Peter's classmates are really into Mysterio. They say he's a mix. Seems like he's a mix of Thor and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to be this a little bit of this thing where Peter's a little maybe jealous of Mysterio mm. while they're working together because he's so good. And then it turns out he's been manufacturing these threats. Yeah. And also an interesting point is we see some of the same iconography when as Doctor Strange when mm-hmm. Mysterio's you see at the end of the trailer when he's using some sort of blast or something. Yeah. The, the green, the green mist. triangles. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming out of his hands. So I think he's pulling from different characters and he's seeing things like, Oh, the public accepts this. So I'll just use this. And he's, mm-hmm. I think, so I think in the comics, he's more about being an illusionist and a magician here. I think he's more, I think he wants the spotlight and to be seen as a hero. Like he's taking his illusionist skills, whether it's, you know, movie magic or, you know, just regular illusions. He's like, I can use this to my advantage and become a hero. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. I mean, we know next to nothing because the character was on on the trailer for what? 10 seconds. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, So moving along, um, Actually, you mentioned Venom, so we'll we'll segue into our, one of our other topics for news, which is it's been announced that Aquaman, uh, a, a different comic cinematic universe, DC cinematic universe, um, tops the billion dollar benchmark thanks to international ticket sales. Yeah, this is really really neat. Yeah. I, so, to put this in perspective. It is the second highest grossing DC film right now, just behind Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, and what I find so interesting about this is that, and we're getting this off this article off of uh, CNBC.com, um, that it garnered um, 70% of its revenue from international markets, which is just amazing to me. And I feel like that's the thing that now blockbuster filmmakers are having in mind where there's like there's so much more of an audience out there than just the united states mm-hmm. i mean i feel like even marvel studios you see that where they've released some movies overseas a week early yeah have you seen that before i've noticed a lot yeah. of movies will get a london premiere first and then a new york premiere and it almost kind of seems like they do the london premiere because it's a similar audience to the united states the culture of the UK is very similar to the culture of the US. And it's kind of like, if it does well here, then we know for sure it'll do even better here. You know? That's the way I kind of see it. I get, but there's no, like, what if it doesn't do well? They have a week to say, like, oh, we're not doing the movie? Well, they'll still They've do the movie. Test. They might not do, you know, as big of a premiere. They might not advertise the premiere as heavily. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but we have this chart here, thanks to CNBC, um, with this DC Cinematic Universe films. Where, for example, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, which came out in 2016, 62.2% of its revenue came from international markets. Justice League, 65.2%, Man of Steel, 56.4%, so on and so forth. Um, Wait, I think it's interesting to know that Wonder Woman has the least from That is international interesting, with 49.8%. Um, I don't know what that, has, what that says about Wonder Woman in particular, but interesting. And Suicide Squad has... Just a little bit less than Man of Steel, it looks like. Yeah. Or a little bit more. 0.1% more. Yeah. And then we have a whole list of the MCU films here as well. Um, The lowest one from international markets being 
Um, the first Iron Man in 2008 with only 45.6% um, coming from international markets. And then the one that's the highest, interestingly enough, with 68% of its revenue coming from inter- international markets is Thor The Dark World, which many consider to be the one of the worst <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Um, but then one thing that's kind of interesting in general is you see these film franchises that do better generally for in uh, foreign markets. The top two CNBC lists here is the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, where the second and fourth movies, Dead Man's Chest, made $423 million roughly domestically, but $642 million internationally. And the fourth one on Stranger Tides... Uh, two hundred forty-one million domestically and eight hundred and four million internationally. So it broke a billion, but only because of the international markets. And same with the Transformers franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one. So I saw Transformers last night. I'm sorry. On opening night, for some reason. Oh no! I had no interest in seeing this movie. Why did you go? Uh, some coworkers talked me into it. Fair. It was awful. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And yet, yeah, it, it got most of its run of revenue from the international box office. Yeah. Oh, I think it's just interesting that I know in particular the biggest foreign market for Hollywood films outside of the U.S. is China. I was about to say, yep. And China. These, the Transformers movies I know do really well in China. Yeah. I remember I had, um, so my sophomore year of college, I actually had a roommate who was from China. Oh, yeah. And he told me that some of his favorite movies are the Marvel movies and the Transformer movies. Really? He's like, we love... He's like, he's like, he's speaking, he's like we are like, speaking for all of China, but he's like, we love the Marvel movies oh. in China, and we love the Transformers in China. And I, <clears throat> I still to this day, I've been trying to figure out what that cultural difference is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's like a, a values thing, if it's just you know the allure of like american products i don't know hmm. um but Some, yeah a fun fact did you know that the the plot of iron man 3 was a little bit different in the chinese release really so there's a character there so they were able to get a really well-known chinese actor who i don't have the name in front of me he's in a very small scene in the version that was released in america i think it's during the flashback scene that the you haven't seen Iron Man 3, so why am I saying this? No, no, go ahead. Some parts of it. But there's a flashback scene. Yeah, he he shows up in a very small role in the American version, but his role's a lot bigger, I guess, in the version that was released in China, which I'm just so curious what that Chinese release, what what happened in that. Yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. And I know just things are different um, in, in like, they, people, studios will change the film depending on what country it's being released in mm-hmm. um like deadpool 2 is being released i think it's in china but mm-hmm. it's going to be a pg-13 rating i think i read that somewhere yeah um but yeah and like a lot of movies we will reference asia reference china um age of ultron for example huge swaths of that movie took place in korea 67% of its um, gross product came from international markets. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I only talk about that because the article itself mentions how one of the reasons Age of Extinction, the Transformers movie, which was so popular internationally, is that a bulk of the movie took place in China. Ah. And a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people in China, you know, I mean, imagine seeing a, a French film or a Chinese film or an Indian film, like a Bollywood film, where it took place in, you know, New York, Los oh, Angeles. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, I'll go see it. I can relate to that. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not, might not have been to LA or New York, but I know what it looks like. Yeah. It's somewhat familiar. Yeah. So very interesting. Um, moving along. Um, another thing you want to talk about that I find really interesting as well is that Business Insider released the top seven shows on Netflix and other streaming services this week. Yes. And the way they, they measured top shows is based on demand expressions. Mm -hmm. And so demand expressions are things like it's people showing interest in this show online. So things like likes, shares of content, things, things like that, comments Mm -hmm. about it. So the, um, so that's basically how it's being measured. Um, and we'll give the show and then the average demand expressions for each show. Um, coming at number seven is Marvel's Daredevil. Um, this is getting, this is, um, in its third season currently. Um, and this is one of, it's the Marvel Netflix series have always been interesting to me because they've referenced the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. but they've never directly tied in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But yet they've still referenced the events. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first one of the plot points of the first ne- the first Daredevil season is um, reconstruction of several neighborhoods in New York after the events of the first Avengers film. Um, and so, like we know, this has all happened before, but you never see like you'll see the Avengers Tower in the background. But you'll never see Tony Stark meet up with um, Matt Murdock. Or you'll never see Thor meet up with Matt Murdock or his partner or anything like that. So, uh, But coming at number seven is Marvel's Daredevil uh, with the average demand expression of 23,038,319. Number um, six is Narcos Mexico. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was, it was actually Narcos Mexico. Not just Narcos, Narcos Mexico. So... <laughs> This had an average demand expression of twenty four million thirty one thousand sixty eight. Yeah. Um, coming at number five is the first non Amazon streaming service with Amazon, uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel Maisel, uh, with an average demand expression of twenty four million four hundred and twenty eight thousand and ninety nine. I've seen the first three episodes of this, sh- or a few episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. It's re- it was really good from what I saw. I know it's about a female comedian. Yep, in the sixties. Um, yeah. Basically, her husband is a failed comic, mm. and he kind of, he acts like a jerk to her. From what I remember, I forget. Oh, he he leaves because he wants to go strike out on his own, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and she she just she's in this she's uh struggling emotionally with all this and she goes out on stage and just is talking about her life and her husband and the crowd just eats it up and so she continues doing that yeah nice yeah uh uh, one of the managers at the club or the or the comedic manager who's played by the actress who voices lois and family guy i don't know her name okay she becomes kind of her manager and is 
encourages her to continue with the stand-up. Nice. At number four, we have Black Mirror on Netflix, which we actually mentioned last week with the Bandersnatch Choose Your Own Adventure lawsuit going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just kind of... What's great about Black Mirror is that you can watch it in any order. There's n- because it's all... Each episode is its own self-contained story. Yeah. You can hop from season four, episode three, to season two, episode five, and you're not going to miss anything. Right. Um, that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, it's kind of like a modern Twilight Zone, in a, in a sense. Um, but everything focuses on, like, technology and, like, where humanity collides with technology. The dark side of technology. The dark side of technology. For the most part. Yeah. There are, like, two happy episodes that I can think of, and there's, like, 15 episodes of Black Mirror, <laughs> and only two of them are, like, happy <laughs> Um, but that average man expression was at 26,118,395. Now, this is where the fanned demand expressions jump up quite a bit by f- about 4 million. So it's with yeah. Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this is Stranger Things doesn't have a new season out right now. No, their their next season comes out on July 4th this year. Yeah, but talk, apparently the engagement is still really strong because 30 million, the average demand expressions were... Thirty million six hundred seventy-eight thousand three hundred ninety-two. I'm going to bet a lot of this is probably people who have not been into Stranger Things yet. Mm-hmm. Season three is coming out, and a lot of people are like, "I got to get on this Stranger Things train." Oh yeah, and they're catching up now. Um, you'll see this a lot with shows like The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones in particular, where when a new season is like announced, like it's coming back on this date, people will kind of look at the calendar and think, "All right, well, Stranger Things comes out on July fourth two seasons i have six months i'll just start now get it out of the way so i'm caught up for july exactly so ooh, and then these top two these make me so happy i'll let you take Uh, the top two number two is titans on the dc universe streaming services Mm -hmm. the average demand expressions are 31 million 54,303 so what's great about these top two is they're about kind of the pulling from the same source material Mm mm-hmm and the same characters. So, the, I, and I want to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. So, for Titans, it's 84%, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, this show is very dark. Very, very dark. Mm-hmm. You've never seen Robin like this. Mm-hmm. You've never seen Star... No, these, these are the teen Titans. Yes. But they're they're not all teenagers so like for example robin in this series he's in his late 20s mm-hmm. starfire's in her mid 20s raven and beast boy they're in their early to mid teens okay and then number one is young justice outsiders also on the dc universe streaming service mm-hmm. the average demand expressions are 31 million five hundred forty six thousand eight hundred sixty four mm. rotten tomatoes critic score of 100 percent certified fresh yes what's so cool about this is the fans brought this show back and it's so cool and it's great to see that that fire's still there Mm -hmm. we're all so i'm part of the young justice subreddit and everyone's talking about getting this show renewed for a fourth season already nice and animation takes a long time so yeah like i i said last episode season three was announced in november of 2016 and we just got started getting the episodes in january of mm-hmm. 2019 yeah so it took over two years so already we, we we want more this show's so good yeah well that's i'm very i'm i'm happy for you because i see you get excited when they see you discuss <laughs> titans and young yes. justice and 
I know you're a big DC. Uh, both, also, both of those can be found on the DC Universe uh, streaming site. Yep. Um, I know you're going to say when it comes to the, especially Teen Titans. I know Robin is your favorite superhero. Oh, yes. And so. I could talk for days about that character. Maybe one day we'll do an episode Maybe on Maybe one day. Uh, and then the last thing we want to talk about is... So, actually, there's a documentary coming out on both Hulu and Netflix. Yeah. Covering the same topic, which is Fire Festival. Um, some of you might have heard of this before. Uh, this was a failed music festival in 2017, where the basic premise of this festival, I make it sound like a movie, but this actually happened, yeah. um, is there was this um, young entrepreneur, um, I believe Billy McFarlane, um, yeah, Billy McFarland, no relation to Seth McFarland, um, but Billy McFarland was this entrepreneur who had this credit card company called Magnesis, which was like this very exclusive credit card club aimed at like millennials, but him and the rapper Ja Rule basically were going to launch this new app. It was going to be called Fire, F-Y-R-E, um, and basically they were going to create this music festival as like the launch event for this fire app and what this fire app is going to do is be an easy way to book high ranking or like high clout celebrities um there's an anecdote you see in the documentary the one i watched was on netflix Mm -hmm. um where billy tried to book ja rule for like a birthday party and he had to go through all these hoops and he's like i just want to get this done quick and ja rule was like i this guy's cool he seems like he knows what he's doing. It's going to be great. Awesome. So their idea was that they would have all these social media influencers, basically just all these female models, mostly female models was what they used, um, to promote this fire festival, where it was going to be in the Bahamas on an exclusive island where, you know, it's it's all these big performers. It was going to be Weezer, um, Skrillex, Blink-182, all these massive performers just going to be performing for three days straight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome and amazing. You get to live like a celebrity. You get to hang out with the artists. And all of this was for the launch of this one app. Yeah, and how much would it cost to attend the Fire Festival? $2,000. Holy crap. For a ticket. And that was like the base ticket. Like, you get there, you have lodging, you get food. And it was supposed to be like world-class catered food, world-class accommodations, all this stuff. See all these amazing performers. Um, And then there was like another package where it was like, you know, for $10,000, you get to stay with the the artists. You get to stay next door to them. You can, you know, head over in the morning and chat with Blink-182, with Skrillex, with um, Weezer, you know, all these different artists. Um... And basically what happened is they it just kind of blew up in their face where they originally had booked this one island and the owner of the island, and it was formerly actually an island owned by, related back to Narcos, owned by Pablo Escobar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and they did this advertisement for Fire Festival and the owner of the island had said, don't put Pablo Escobar's name in your trailer like don't reference that this used to be owned by Pablo Escobar because we're trying to change the image of this island and then they went and put Pablo Escobar's name on the trailer and then the owner of the island is like no you're done you're out so they had 
two months left to find a new location for this festival. Mm-hmm. After about a year of planning, had already gone into the festival. Had people already bought tickets? People were buying tickets. Um, and it it seems like it really came down to Billy McFarland, the head of this, this fire company, mm-hmm. um, because everyone who was working for him was like, you know, hey, we should probably not do this or like tell people not to cup like stop selling tickets Mm -hmm. cancel tickets if you have to like we don't have the capacity and he's like no we can do it we can do it we can do it basically blew up in this face where they didn't have they advertised like luxury villas it was um it was more like hurricane shelter tents just very bad very poorly put together um what brought down Fire Festival? Well, the best line um, in the movie, or yeah, in the, I guess the movie and the documentary, is the marketing head that was hired was like, we had all these Instagram models post this burnt orange just block of color, and just do hashtag Fire Festival. He's like, we had thousands of Instagram models with this one um, orange block build Fire Festival, and there was when they finally got the attendees when they got there for dinner that night because it was so they just weren't prepared where did it take place it took it they ended up having it on um i believe exos island um in the bahamas it was still in the bahamas but it was like um, an island over okay um the dinner that they were served were two pieces of toast a slice of like cheddar cheese and like a salad Really? And it was like in like a styrofoam box. It just did not look good. Um, and so the guy's like, all these models built Fire Festival, and one picture of cheese on bread destroyed Fire Festival. And it was just a PR nightmare. Oh, so the models to in to spite, not to spite it, but the um, so in pre- in preparation for Fire Festival, all these models were posting this just block of like orange, mm-hmm. and just do hashtag Fire Festival, and then a link to go buy your tickets. That was all done before the festival. Okay. And then once the festival started, this one guy with like 400 followers on Twitter posted a picture saying, at Fire Festival, look at what they gave us for dinner. And it was two pieces. I'll actually pull up a picture and we'll put it on our Twitter account. So was it like a, a reference to that po- that picture the models put of the orange Oh, black? no, 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 no. It was more just like it took a thousand models to build up the hype for Fire Festival. Mm-hmm. And one picture of cheese on bread to destroy the reputation. Oh my god! Um, wow. Here we go. Fire festival cheese on. So this is, um, what? Oh yeah, you're right. It's in a to-go box. Yeah, it looks and like, like Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese or like cheddar cheese. I don't know what <laughs> it is. Um, but the tweet said the dinner at that at fire festival promised us was catered by Steven Stars. Literally bread, cheese, and salad with dressing. Hashtag fire festival. Business Insider picked up on this. The New York Times picked up on this. Wall Street Journal picked up on this. What ended up happening is Billy McFarlane was basically sued for fraud, false advertising, and he's currently in jail. Wow. And he'll be in jail for five more years. Holy cow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's news. So uh, let's hop into the Muppets, shall we? Yes. Let's move on over to the Muppets. Adam and I just mere seconds ago finished watching the Muppet movie. We did. We did. Um, 
And, you know, I had no expectations going into this film. <laughs> and I gotta say, I really liked it. Did you? It was very fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, a, it was, it's a weird, wacky, it's just so fun, you mm-hmm. know? Um, they, a lot of running jokes, a lot of fourth wall jokes. Um, the plot at times relies on the plot. <laughs> um, yes. Very, very weird. Um, so I guess we should just kind of go through the movie and just put our thoughts in as yeah. we kind of do like this kind of recap of it. First, I want to know what's your what's your experience with the Muppets? So my experience with the Muppets is, you know, I I watched Sesame Street when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, and that's about the extent of my experience with the Muppets was really Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. I have seen other Muppet movies. Um, I've seen the Muppet Caper. I think it's called The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, that Um, sounds familiar. I saw the recent, like, The Muppet movie. Oh, you did? With Jason Segel and Amy Adams? Yeah. Um, That one was good. And I believe it was NBC or ABC. I think it was ABC because I believe The Muppets are owned by... Disney? Disney. Um, I was, like, 10. I remember I was having a sleepover with some friends and... We didn't know it was on because we hadn't been watching the commercials on ABC, but there was the Muppet Wizard of Oz, <laughs> and that one was really, really fun. Um, Miss Miss Piggy was the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, Kermit was the Scarecrow. Fozzie Bear was the Tin Man. No, sorry. Fozzie Bear was the Lion. Um, was Gonzo was the Gonzo? Tin Man. I was going to say, that sounds somewhat familiar yeah but they had a human dorothy and they had like a real dog for toto oh who was dorothy i'm sure it was played by a well-known actress oh, i'm just curious yeah let's look that up uh muppets wizard of oz while you're doing that mm-hmm. i'll just talk a little bit about my experience with the muppets yeah so like yours not that extensive the the like the the earliest memory i have of the muppets is on my Toy Story VHS. I wore the tape out of that. Like literally, really? we we had we still have my family still has Toy Story two on VHS. Mm. The Toy Story just broke one day, <laughs> and I remember there was there was a trailer for Honey We Shrunk Ourselves, so the oh, sequel yeah. to Honey I, mm-hmm. I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, and then there were I think there were a couple commercials for Muppet movies. I feel like it was. Maybe the Muppets Take Manhattan yep. and then Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. But I feel like I also remember Kermit singing It's Not Easy Being Green on that VHS too. Maybe it was like it was a... Just a menagerie of Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> and um... and beyond that, I remember watching Muppets in Space mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I think that came out in early 90s or late 90s early 2000s yeah my family we also have a christmas album called john denver and the muppets okay i feel like i've seen that like in like a goodwill have you or or like a half price books yeah you should pick it up it's really good yeah yeah Yeah. i listen to it every year now oh wow yeah that that's a pretty good album and then other than that I, i remember they've had random smattering of christmas tv specials mm-hmm. so i would watch parts of those recently i've added 
the Muppet Christmas Carol to my yearly the Christmas movies that I watch. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine plays Scrooge. Oh, nice. That movie's fantastic. The yeah. music is great. That's pretty much the extent of my Muppets. Uh, yeah. Um, my experience with the Muppets. Yeah. Um, before we, again, before we jump in. Yeah. Um, Ashanti, the singer, American singer-songwriter Ashanti played Dorothy. Uh, I figured um, it was someone, and it was some sort of celebrity. It was actually Queen Latifah played Auntie M. Um, yeah, and... that Wizard of Oz character. Yeah. I, I don't know the Wizard of Oz. Um, I've never seen the Wizard of Oz before. We will have to watch the Wizard of Oz <laughs> oh, and discuss it on the podcast. <laughs> we will. I've seen the um, Wiz, but I haven't seen the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, and then... It looks like Quentin Tarantino. There was an extended version of the Muppet Wizard of Oz. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here, and it says, Quentin Tarantino as himself. In a short appearance with Kermit the Frog, Tarantino discusses violent ways on how to stop the Wicked Witch of the West. Despite (laughs) the fact that his role is minor, his name is still mentioned in the movie trailer and listed on both the video and DVD. Oh my gosh, that's great. Just That's definitely... That's such a oh my gosh to how his have, movies are so violent. Yeah, and having <laughs> having now watched the Muppet movie, I'm not surprised that they made a joke like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but two things about the Muppet movie mm-hmm. that I would say before we go into the discussion is the jokes are so corny, but they work so well, <laughs> and the music is amazing. Yeah, the music's so good. Rainbow Connection is such a good song. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Recently, within the last couple of years or so, there was a Muppet cover album that was released. Oh. You can look it up on Spotify. Mm-hmm. But I want to say Weezer does a song. Do they do Rainbow Connection? They might. I think they do Rainbow Connection with Haley Williams from, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on what band she's from. Uh, crap, crap. Paramore. She's yeah, Paramore. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to search Muppets on Spotify. There it is. It's that one with this Kermit one that's face. Kermit's yep. face. Muppets, the Green Album. Oh yeah, I was right. Rainbow oh, Connection. Yeah. It's with Weezer Green and Haley Williams. Williams. Okay, go because does the Muppets theme song. Yep. Menomina, the Fray. Moving right along's in there. Moving right along is by Alkaline Trio. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's featured in this movie. Um, a lot of these are moving right along. Rainbow Connection. Um. I'm going back there someday. That's also from this, from uh, the Muppet movie. Um, yeah. So let's just hop into it. Um, <laughs> Why is that a pun? <laughs> unintentional frog pun there. Let's uh, let's uh, move right along. Move right along. And uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, you're we're good. Good while you're So the movie starts off with. A shot of this movie studio, Worldwide Studios, mm-hmm. and you got Walter and Statler, Waldorf and Statler, mm-hmm. um, the hecklers from the Muppet Show. Yeah, um, they roll on. They roll on in because they tell the security guard, "We're here to heckle the Muppet movie," <laughs> um, and the security guard's like, "Oh, right down there." So it's a weird opening to your film. I mean. It, imagine like at the beginning of like Star Wars, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia walk, de- you know, walk into a studio like, "Hi, we're here to see the Star Wars movie." 
and that would it'd just be so weird. But um, yeah, but this movie's all about fourth wall breaking. It really There's so is. much of it. <laughs> it really is. Um, and you get several jokes about um, you know different characters are asking Kermit like, "Hey, can I be in the movie?" Yeah. Or, "Hey, can I make an appearance?" He's like, "No, no, no," and it's just kind of like you're sitting there like, "But, but they're in the movie. They already made their appearance in the movie." <laughs> Because we're watching the movie. <laughs> um, and one thing, they reference running jokes, which we'll get to in a moment. But they referenced organic things several times. I'm not sure if that was like a joke. What do you mean organic things? So, well, the movie came out in 1979. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is part of like the a trail end of like the hippie movement um, or what. But you hear... Is it Arnold? The... The electric mayhem's like stage manager or tour manager. Oh, he he says something. Yeah, the guy like, with the glasses, scooter, scooter. Yeah, he's like, um, uh, I got a organic popcorn here. It's all all natural, all organic. And then later on, we see electric mayhem for the first time. One of them says, "We're gonna open a coffee shop. It's gonna be all organic." <laughs> and like they reference organic several times, and I'm like, was this like a, a joke in society? Yeah. You know, it'd be like today being like, we're going to take selfies everywhere, you know, or, or just being vegan or something or being like that. vegan. Yeah. Or I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's some weird jokes in here. But we have the whole cast, of the Muppets sitting down in this like screening room mm-hmm. and then the movie starts and we get this beautiful shot of this um this, these clouds in the sky and this great orchestral music. Um, and then it kind of slows down. We get this kind of shot of this swamp. And then we get this amazing song, um, Rainbow Connection, which mm-hmm. is just amazing. It's, it's soft. It's calming. You know, it's, it's a very beautiful song. I th- yeah, I, I think you'd agree. Yes, I do love it. Um, it's just so... Ah. Uh, and then the movie goes from like 0 to 100 in terms of like weird jokes. Because <laughs> you have a Hollywood agent noted only by the fact that he's wearing like a giant diamond ring on his <laughs> pinky. Um, and he mentions that he's a Hollywood agent. Yeah, he, he mentions he's a Hollywood agent. And he's like, I'm lost! I'm lost! And this is the first time we get one of the running jokes that Kermit references where someone says, I'm lost. And he says, have you tried Harry Krishna? Which is like this Indian meditative art of like finding yourself, finding your soul. Um, yeah, and that becomes a running gag throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, and it, it comes up again in like a bar fight and then later on like a church sign. Um... And it's just so, like, just, like, goofy. Mm-hmm. And just an obscure joke. <laughs> like, the last time I can think, in pop culture at least, you would hear about Hare Krishna is that in the 60s, the Beatles went to India. Mm-hmm. And they studied Hare Krishna. Ah. But, like, would the average person know, like, I'm lost. Try Hare Krishna. Get that joke? I don't know. It's Maybe it was bigger back in the day I back guess? in the 70s maybe um 
And then this alligator shows up and scares off the agent, and then the agent rows away. Yeah. After telling Kermit, because he happens to have a Variety magazine with him, um, like, hey, there's an audition for Frogs mm-hmm. um, for Worldwide Studios. Um, and so then Kermit decides that he wants to make millions of people happy. Um, and so he heads off. And then the, the movie is filled with a lot of, like, technically amazing scenes. Um, this one, we almost like paused the film to talk about it because uh, we couldn't figure out how they do this. Mm-hmm. Where you have Kermit on the bike. Yeah, it was a hilarious image because usually you see Kermit. I don't. I feel like you see him from the waist up typically. You wouldn't even mm-hmm. see his legs moving that often. Yeah, <laughs> he was. It looked like he was pedaling. Yeah, pedaling and just steering the bike. Yeah, um, it was just, you know. And then he almost gets, like, run over by, um, like, a steamroller as he shouts to the workers, it's kind of dangerous to do road work in the middle of the street. And I'm like, what? Some of the jokes jokes fall flat. I I don't want to get caught into giving a play-by-play of the movie and a complete recap. No, no, no. So maybe we can just talk about our favorite things. Basically, the movie's a road trip movie. Where Kermit yeah. meets most of the Muppets. Pretty who end much. up being on the Muppet show. Yeah. Um, you you find Fozzie in this like foreign food bar. There's <laughs> yeah. like a shot by shot recreation of like several scenes from Casablanca. <laughs> also the second appearance of our Hari Krishna joke. <laughs> um where I think Kermit says, I think I'm kinda lost. And then a bartender or a bar patron's like, have you tried Hare Krishna? To which Kermit looks at the camera and says, it's a running gag, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, they basically, they're heading off to Hollywood. Fozzie decides to join them. Um, but they get caught by, or at least they're attempted to be stopped by the movie's villain, mm-hmm. Doc Hopper. Which I guess is like a play on Doc Holliday. I'm not sure. It's also never clear where... In America, they start, but we know they're going west. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they went east first, though. Because Because really? Fozzie makes a comment when they're in their car. He's like, oh, I've never seen the sun rise in the west before. Um, so I think they accidentally went east a little bit, and then they had to turn around. That makes sense. There we go. I did not get that joke the first time. Glad you caught it. <laughs> um, and uh, Big Bird makes an appearance. In the yeah, film there's as well. There's tons of cameos. Yeah. So let's let's talk that. What was your favorite cameo in this movie? Oh man, I would say, and it's so little, but it's at the very end. Um, they finally make it to Hollywood, um, and they they barge into the the studios like the studio head's office, and I was expecting Jim Henson. Like I was expecting thinking like the Jim Henson production. Yeah. So Jim Henson would be like the producer. And consistent with the fourth wall breaking. Right. And then um, it's Orson Welles. I can't believe they got Orson Welles. Like world-renowned actor, radio broad. And he did War of the Worlds. He did Citizen Kane. Some consider the best film ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, it's Orson Welles. That's like, like a nice little cameo. <laughs> um, has like one line of, you know... Get Mr. Frog and his friends, the 
standard rich and famous contract. <laughs> it was like more kind of what's what's great about the jokes is that they're on a level that like the adults get because they find the funny you know ha huh, rich and famous you know the standard content for all celebrities but yet yeah. the kids can watch it and they and like they get it it's yeah not over their heads and i feel like that's part of what the cameos are for too the adults will all be like oh this person yeah <laughs> i can't believe this person's in this you know you have um paul williams <coughs> as the uh pianist in the bar um steve martin steve martin is a mood let me say that um steve martin as this disgruntled waiter at this like bavarian style restaurant um with the idaho i guess they're in idaho at that point where mm-hmm. they stop um because you've got like so basically they get to this point where uh miss piggy joins them after winning a beauty pageant mm-hmm. and and she wants to have a nice romantic dinner with Kermit. And so he gets him a bottle of wine. And it's like sparkling wine. She thinks it's champagne. With sparkling wine. And he like takes like the gold foil off the top. And then... Or Steve Martin does. And it's like a pop... Like a like a soda bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, like pop tab. And he's like, it's the finest Idaho wine. And he seems like so annoyed. <laughs> Yeah. To be serving them. A lot of overacting by him in this in that scene. Yeah. Um and it's you find out that this bottle of wine is like ninety five cents. Um, but Steve Martin's just very upset to be there and annoyed with everything and anything. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think of are there any other cameos that like I'm we're missing. Well there's a ton that were, were in it, but what so was Orson Welles your favorite? Yeah, was... but Orson Welles was definitely my favorite. Did you have a favorite cameo? I think mine was Big Bird. I think that was just neat to see him. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And I <laughs> I feel like a lot of them went over my head. It definitely it definitely is a movie that is sh- that shows its age, um, unfortunately. Um, but I... I also like that part about it, where it's... It's like then I it's the onus is on me to look up. Oh, who is that person? Because yeah. every time there's a cameo, just about I feel like even if you don't know that person's a celebrity, you can tell. Oh, this person's a celebrity. Yeah, <laughs> like the person who had the puppet. Mm-hmm. Who is the judge? Ed Bergen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Ed Bergen, a few other people. <laughs> Richard Pryor was in it. Oh yeah, Richard Pryor. Was he in was the one. Salesman. I he was one of the few that I recognized. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot Gold, um, who you recognized as Ross and Rachel's father on Friends. Yes. Yeah, it was funny. As soon as this person popped up on screen, I said to Adam, I know that person. He plays the dad of some characters <laughs> on a sitcom. And so I just Googled, <laughs> like, he was a pageant judge. Like, pageant judge, Muppet movie. Like, it's Elliot Gold. He was in MASH, Ocean's Eleven, and Friends. And you just jumped. Uh, you're like, oh, please, uh, <laughs> Rachel Monica's, Rachel Monica's, Ross Monica's dad. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but he's actually still alive. He's 80 years old. Uh, he's tall. My goodness, six two. Wow, oh, I'm a little bit taller than him. Then, dang. <laughs> um, but but yeah, Madeline Kahn. Makes an appearance. Carol Kane. Very, very cool uh, cameos. Um, 
Oh, I take it back. I can't believe I forgot this. What? The, um, the cameo from uh, Mel Brooks. Oh, right. Mel Brooks shows up as like a German doctor professor who want, who's like going to melt Kermit's brain so that Doc Hopper can have him as his like um, spokesperson for his <laughs> frog legs yeah. chain. Um, I think, well, let me ask you this question. What yes. was your favorite joke? Oh, in the whole you movie. Well, I'm a sucker for puns. Yeah. So I loved all the puns. <laughs> and so it got to the point where there were so many puns that they would line them up. And I, so there was one point where Kermit and Fozzie are driving and Ker, and so Fozzie's driving. Kermit has the map. And Kermit tells Fozzie, turn left at the fork in the road. And I said to Adam, I guarantee you there's going to be an actual fork sticking out of the road. And there was. And there was. My favorite joke was when Kermit and Fozzie stopped at the church and they run into the band called, what was it, Electric Mayhem? Electric Mayhem. And then uh, the band paints their car. And when Fozzie and Kermit are about to leave, Kermit invites the band to join them to Hollywood. And the leader of the band goes... Can't, but maybe when you're rich and famous, we'll come and exploit your wealth. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> you see, my favorite joke falls within the same sequence of scenes there. Oh, yeah? Where, um, you know, like, Dr. Teeth, the pianist, I guess, leader of the band, yeah. asks them, you know, what are you doing out here? Because they, they're in this old church, which they like, say they're going to turn into, like, a coffee shop. <laughs> Which just is such a weird kind of like, you could have just been like, oh, we're stopping here on the road. Like, nope, we're gonna make a coffee shop. Like, cool. Yeah. Um, and Fozzie tries to tell them the whole movie, and Kermit's like, well, that's all right. We don't want to bore the audience. We'll we'll give them the screenplay to read. So they bring them the screenplay of the Muppet movie, and then Doctor T starts reading it aloud, and then we get like a brief kind of like flashback of what we just saw of Kermit and Fozzie walking into the church, but it's Dr. Teeth's voice. Voicing those characters. Voicing those characters. Um, and then <laughs> he realizes that Doc Hopper is chasing them and he's like, we gotta help them! You know, and we gotta, but if this was a movie we'd disguise their car. And someone mentions, but it is a movie! And then they, like, do a montage yeah. of them painting the car and just that that fourth wall joke of you know, giving them the screenplay, which then pays off later when the when the our intrepid heroes get lost in the desert, mm-hmm. and then the electric mayhem shows up to save them, and Gonzo asks them, "How did you know where to find us?" Doctor Teeth replies with, "Well, I just read the screenplay you left with <laughs> us." <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, and one other really funny moment is. After they, like, so after Miss Piggy and Kermit escape, because they're caught by Doc Hopper, who's going to be, and they're going to melt Kermit's brain with this German doctor played by Mel Brooks. Yeah. Um, Miss Piggy's agent calls and says there's a commercial available for her to do, so she leaves. Um, but then they're driving down the road, and they see Miss Piggy on the side of the road. Miss Piggy hops in the car. And at this point, Rolf, who we had seen at the the like restaurant they were at, who was playing the piano, um, he's in the car now. Mm-hmm. And Miss Piggy is, you know, like, who are you? And he's like, 
Oh, I'm Rolf the dog. I, I'll play the piano. Oh, never mind. And just like, <laughs> like they gave up giving an explanation as to why he was there. Yeah. I was like, eh, he's there. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. I, I think my second favorite part was in the, so your second favorite cameo, Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. He plays a doctor, and there's a part where he he has a stethoscope around his neck, and he's using the part that doctors usually put on your chest to hear your breathing. And he's and he has his eye against it, like he's lo- using it as a magnifying glass. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> just the overacting <laughs> yeah. on Mel Brooks' part. Yeah. Um. Also, the brief mention of Cincinnati. Oh yeah, um, your hometown got a shout out. Yeah. Uh, Mel Brooks talking about how much electricity is in this machine that's going to melt Kermit's brain. And he's like, there'll be enough electricity to melt your brain. So many volts to light up Cincinnati. And I got very excited. A little hometown pride there. Something weird. If you watch older movies from like the late 70s to early 80s, Cincinnati is like mentioned a lot. But nothing ever takes place in Cincinnati. Um, but I noticed this trend a few years ago. Little side note here, yeah. Where if you watch the between like seventy five and eighty five, any movie made in between there, if they're like, we need a like midwestern <laughs> city, or like we need a location to reference that's not like New York or Chicago or L.A. Yeah, Cincinnati's the go to. You get Cincinnati, and I looked up like why is this, and they're just like Cincinnati seemed like a boring place. <laughs> So if you wanted like a boring city to reference, you just Cincinnati. Uh, I'm from Cleveland, and Cleveland's probably known as has a reputation for being too crappy. But it's really it's really revitalizing. So that that whole uh, stereotype is should be going away. You don't have to fake it for me. <laughs> <laughs> gotta represent my third favorite joke. I gotta bring this up with yeah, the puns yeah. when they're at that first bar we were talking oh, about. Oh yes, and. Fozzie pretends to be the bartender and says drinks on the house and all the patrons go to the room and they're on the house. Yeah, that and was so funny. Like oh someone has like an empty mug he's like, the bartender said there'd be drinks on the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That worked um, for me. And I took, a, we were taking notes during this and I'm just looking through any joke that I wanted to mention that I, oh, the patriotic part. So after Miss Piggy escapes and goes off to do her commercial before we rejoin um, the movie, like the film of the Muppet movie like breaks mm-hmm. because the Swedish chef is in the projector room and he can't get the film right or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kermit's nephew, I think Robin. Yeah. Robin is there and they're about to start the movie, movie um, back again. And Kermit mm-hmm. leans over to him and says... This is the patriotic part. And Robin says, should we stand up for it? And Kermit just without any expression, no. <laughs> and you get these like sweeping shots of like Mount Rushmore and Yosemite and all these different, you know, it's very Americana and Fozzie's singing um, My Country Tis of Thee. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, America the Beautiful. Um, he's singing that, and he's kind of like, I was, ah, the American spirit lives in the patriotic bear. I'm like, what? Why was that in the movie? <laughs> it just seems so, like, of all of the jokes that come out of nowhere, uh-huh. 
that one definitely legitimately there's like no build up to it there's no like referencing a patriotic part other than Sam the Eagle <laughs> mentioning to Kermit before the movie starts like will this movie have socially redeeming values <laughs> and it's just so weird <laughs> um but so what did you think of the ending I thought it was alright it was alright cause I think yeah. I will say I think the movie was great up until the ending <laughs> <laughs> I thought the ending was very kind of. I thought they were gonna keep going for a while. Yeah. Um. They kind of pull. I told Anthony as we were watching. I was like, "Oh, they're pulling a singing in the rain." Um. Real quick, if you haven't seen singing in the rain, go see singing in the rain. But at the end of the movie, singing in the rain, the characters make a musical movie called Singing in the Rain. Yeah, and, and this one it's on so many levels because the movies. <laughs> Of the Muppet, the Muppet movie is of the Muppet movie of of the Muppet movie. Yeah, I was thinking about that too because I'm like, okay, so the movie so started with them watching, stuff. about to watch the Muppet movie. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I mean, you, like, you get your friends together, you make a movie together, you're going to show the Adam and Anthony movie, you know, the double A pop culture cast movie. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But then they're watching the movie, and then at the end of their movie, they start to make. The Muppet movie? Yeah. Um, which then made me kind of question, like, was what we just watched, like, a dream sequence? <laughs> like, I'm confused. And then it just ends where one of the lights explodes, and the roof comes in, and then a rainbow comes in? <laughs> yeah. And then they sing a bit of the rainbow connection, but then... It's not just our core group. It's like all the Muppets, including Sesame Street, because you know you noticed Bert and Ernie. Yeah, there's so many Muppets in there. Yeah, Bert and Ernie and Big Bird is standing in the back. Uh, so I guess he didn't make it big on the East Coast, um, as he stated as uh, earlier in the film, Fozzie and Kermit are driving along and they see Big Bird, and they offer him to ride to Hollywood. And he says, I'm heading to the East Coast to make it big in public television. Because <laughs> um, at the time, Sesame Street was owned by PBS, not like not owned by HBO as it is today. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, free Sesame Street. Apparently, someone was telling me that Sesame Street, even though it airs on HBO first, oh. but then reruns might air on PBS or oh, okay. they might air later or something. But still, I think the Muppet should be free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get like, I guess all the Jim Henson Muppets are at the very end. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of ends. Yeah. It, it was a weird kind of ending, the singing in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's not like, it, it's cool. The things like the Casablanca references, the mm-hmm. celebrities. You're definitely like, if you're looking for something that's really thought provoking, this isn't your movie. No. <laughs> or something it, really deep or... No. I feel like they... A lot of symbolism. They were writing the movie and they made all these fourth wall jokes to the point that they wrote themselves into a corner. <laughs> and they're like, we have to end the movie. How do we end the movie? I don't know, a rainbow? <laughs> sure. That's kind of our thing, right? We began it with that rainbow connection. <laughs> and now we're going to have the rainbow connect to the Muppets. So it's a full connection. We made the rainbow connection. <laughs> we made a connection. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just it just kind of like 
yeah. stops. And then there is like a bit of a running gag, a little pun there, a running gag, where about a fourth into the movie, they stop at a um, used car salesman who is like the living embodiment of the worst car salesman ever. Yeah. Or the worst used car salesman He's ever. He's got to be some sort of celebrity. He's some sort of... A, that's a cameo. Like, we, when I say that, you could tell when there's a cameo, that's a cameo. When the camera lingers on the human <laughs> a lot longer than the other Muppets, you're like, I think he or she might be important. Yeah, or it goes, like, from a shot up from their feet to their face. You're like... You're like... That person. I, yeah, I think... Famous actor, actress. Yeah, you don't do the slow reveal for extra number 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this used car salesman... They get this, um, they get like a, I guess, like a station wagon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a 1940s station wagon. Yeah. But his assistant is this big monster guy? Yeah, he's some Muppet that I don't He's like a recurring recognize. Muppet. Yeah. Um, they call him John or something? John John? Jack. They call him Jack because the used car salesman says, I'll just have to get my Jack oh my gosh car. another pun and then he's like jack and it's it's this big hairy guy with his giant mouth he's like oh what's going on here you know jack take care of the car okay and he like just lifts it up and carries it back and i kind of felt bad for the guy because they're like all right well thanks kermit so well, thank you very much we're heading off to hollywood and jack's like oh hollywood Oh, I'll be, I'll be right back. Yeah, well, like, Kern asked him to come with him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then he leaves. They don't realize. They think that he's just gone. And he comes back with bags and they've already And they're leaving. Away. And he's like, no, come back. Don't wait, wait, wait for me. And he shows up a few times later in the film, like, at places they just were catching up with them. Yeah. So in the movie, the Muppet movie within the movie ends. And then Jack bursts through the screen and everyone's kind of surprised. And he's like, I knew I'd catch up with you guys, you know, at some point. Yeah, I was almost disappointed because I was thinking there was going to be a payoff for that. Because there was another point in the movie where he was just at a location they were, but a little bit late. And I'm like, okay, so he's running after them. Yeah. And I thought he was going to get them through the doors to get the audition. But oh. it was it was neat to see him run through the yeah. movie screen. That was funny. Yeah. In that scene... Where, with the car salesman where they're getting a car mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be another cameo I thought it was so remember he's showing them that Volkswagen Beetle yeah I thought that was going to be Herbie from the Herbie movies oh have you ever seen those I have yeah yeah I've only seen Herbie Rides Again which I think is the second movie I think there's four that came yeah. out from in, around the 60s 70s time frame mm-hmm. and then Herbie Fully Loaded so the love bug was the first in 68. Herbie Rides Again, 74. That's the one that I saw. Yeah. So I guess it would have made sense to have Herbie. There's... Oh, okay. Um, and then they rebooted the Love Bug in, in the 90s. In 97. Yep. And then there was the 2005 Herbie Fully Loaded uh, with Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> which has a 4.8 on IMDb. <laughs> I always liked that growing up. I was always a Herbie fan. I I was always I've always liked robots, and that's like Herbie uh, autonomous car is like a degree off of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the same thing with snowman. It's like I always liked Frosty the Snowman. I think because he, he was like a couple degrees off of a robot. <laughs> I think Herbie's more a robot than, than uh, Frosty the Snowman. But I get yeah. where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, I uh, that would have been fun. Although. 
I don't know if they would have had the rights to that because that was a Disney franchise. Oh and yeah, I don't think I think the Muppets were acquired um, by Disney. Let me look here. Uh, Disney Muppets acquisition. Um, this they bought them in. Um, so there were attempts. It says from the eighties to the nineties, mm-hmm. or just eighties to nineteen ninety. Yep. Um, and then 1990, the deal was near completion when Jim Henson passed away. And then after Henson's death. Oh, oh in 2004. So they actually got them up in 2004. And it looks like in the 90s, the Jim Henson company partnered with Disney because Disney produced the Muppet Christmas Carol the Muppet Treasure Island, and then nine the um, let's see, then Disney controlled the video rights to the Muppet movie, The Great Muppet Caper, which were the two movies made while Jim Henson was still alive. Mm-hmm. And then they also owned Fraggle Rock and Muppet Babies. Okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, then they bought them officially in 2004. Um, and that include all Muppet assets, so every single character, including Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, right, Animal, all, Muppets. all that. Everything. Um, interestingly, the transaction did not include the Sesame Street characters, which by that point were separately owned by Sesame Workshop. Nor did it include Fraggle Rock and other franchises which the Jim Henson Company retained. I don't know very much about Fraggle Rock. I know it was like a a TV show in like the eighties mm-hmm. of like this this man had like bought an apartment and there was like a small hole in his apartment and he looked inside and it was this whole world of these little creatures called the Fraggles mm-hmm. and that was Fraggle Rock. Um, but we're getting a little. Uh, Little, uh, into the weeds. Into the weeds here. All right, to so, get, cut us out of the weeds. To, to bring us back, um, out of ten rainbows, what would you give the Muppet movie? Uh, I'd say... All right, I would probably say... Ooh. Five rainbows? Only five? I don't know. It's just one of those movies I can't... I can't honestly see myself going back to watch, rewatch this movie. Really? Yeah. You see, I give it seven rainbows. Okay. Maybe 7.5. 7.5? 7. 7.5 rainbows out of 10. Yeah. I can see watching this again maybe with like another friend or like maybe with my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't watch it by myself. I wouldn't be like, I'm feeling down. <laughs> I'm feeling sad. I'm going to watch the Muppet movie. Yeah, I think part of it for me is that I, like I said, I have I've had a cursory knowledge of the Muppets. I'm not, I didn't grow up with them. It doesn't have that big of a nostalgia factor for me. Yeah. And there's a Muppet movie that I like so much more, and that's the Muppet Christmas Carol. Right. And that is phenomenal to me. And so, I, I would just rather we re- 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 rewatch that. So I have I have probably an unpopular opinion that I'm going to voice to you. Oh boy, I don't like the character of Fozzie. I think that you could nix him and promote Gonzo. 
Really? I think Gonzo is so much funnier, better than Fozzie Bear. I will say, I think that... Hmm. I see where you're coming from. Hmm. Heard me. Um, I think that... Hmm. I think Fozzie is the most annoying. I don't think that we need to cut him entirely. <laughs> But at the same time, if he was cut, if like Disney announced, like, all right, we are retiring the character of Fozzie Bear. Mm-hmm. He is no more, no more Waka Waka, ah, as his tagline is. Yeah. I wouldn't be devastated. I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think also Kermit is like a little bit one note for me. Like, <laughs> he's just, I'm here to make people happy. Cool. Yeah. Also, I like how I like how this movie depicts his decision to go to Hollywood as a selfless decision, but also he wants to be rich and famous. Yeah. Like you can't <laughs> even see that, and when he gets offered the the contract by Orson Welles, where you know he's like, "Bring me the standard rich and famous contract," and he kind of frowns briefly, but then he smiles again, and I'm like, "Okay, you just had like a mental like." <laughs> Oh, is this the right thing to do? This is totally the right thing to but do. But he even tells Orson Welles, he said, "We're I'm here to be rich and famous. I think he, I think, was he, does he say, I'm here to be rich and famous, or we're... We are. I think he said, we are. I think he said, we are. So I think it could still be a selfless thing where he's saying, we're here to be rich and famous. I don't need this, but I know my friends want this, and I'm not going to stand in the way of their dreams. Maybe? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, I don't buy it. I thought the same thing at the very beginning is like, oh, this pursuit of stardom is a very selfless <laughs> thing for Kermit. Yeah. But he's also like a very shrewd businessman, <laughs> you know, and he, I guess he has morals, but at the same time, and this is the one plot point that I forgot to bring up before we wrap this up, but the fact that the owner of the Frog Legs restaurant tried to advert, tried to like warm up to an actual frog to be their spokesperson is like so messed up on so many levels. I mean, like imagine humans were not like the dominant species. Say lions took over the world. Right. And a lion approached and was like, we're making human arms, you know, deep fried human arms. We want you to be our spokesperson. You'd be like, I'm not going to go be the spokesperson for like, a restaurant that sells parts of my own body. Right, and that's exactly what Kermit says at one point, because he says, all I see when I when I see, oh, this was see your billboard of the frog legs is, fr- what, frogs with crutches? Like, all these little frogs with crutches. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. It's so, like, just dark. Just imagining all these, like, poor frogs. Like, we can't walk anymore because our frog legs were eaten. Yeah. Just... Uh, anyway, yeah. so I think this Muppet movie is all right. I think it's neat how these, the Muppet stories, they tackle all these different existing stories. So there's the Wizard of Oz, there's mm-hmm. Treasure Island, mm-hmm. there's a Christmas Carol mm-hmm, um, that I can just think of. So my question to you is, what story or film would you like the Muppets to make a movie of? Ooh, oh man. You see, oh wow, that's difficult. I think the, it wouldn't be a like remake 
and I'm only saying this because I saw the the sequel recently. Uh-huh. But the Muppets meet Mary Poppins. Oh, that would be really fun. I feel like that could work really well <laughs> because Mary Poppins. Um, I just saw Mary Poppins Returns for the second time in theaters. Highly recommend. Yeah. Um, Mary Poppins already has this kind of whimsical, you know, magical aspect to her, and I feel like the kind of almost deadpan fourth wall breaking Muppet humor yeah. would work well with that kind of over the top whimsy of Mary Poppins where they would just be questioning everything, you know, like, well, how'd you pull that lamp out of your bag? If it's just sitting on the table, uh, could we get a physics check over here? <laughs> and having Dr. Bunsen honeydew and Beaker trying to figure out how Mary Poppins does stuff. I yeah. think the Muppets meet Mary Poppins would be great. What movie would you like to see the Muppets either remake or in my case, you know, kind of like, run into a different character from a movie. I want to see the Muppets do Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh my god. A Lord of the Rings. Now who would you have as like our main oh, hero? Oh, you got it. Oh, Kermit's always the main character, so he's got to be Frodo. So, really? Yeah. Okay. Who would you have as his um, uh, Sam? I, I was thinking <laughs> because Fozzie's his best friend even though I hate him. I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm thinking I, I, I could, but I also feel like I could see Fozzie as Gandalf. You see, I see Sam the Eagle as Gandalf. Oh, you're right. Yeah, totally yeah. Sam the Eagle as Gandalf. But he's like a super American patriotic Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of like, a wizard is never on time. He's like, an American is never on time. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, I want Rizzo the Rat somewhere in there. I was uh, thinking like maybe one of those. He could be Mary. Yeah. One, I was thinking and, one of the other hobbits. And then have Pepe the Prawn, who's a character later on, as like Pippin. Yeah. And like have those two. They're two like kind of annoying characters. And they're both small. Yeah. Like hobbits. I feel like... I can already hear Fozzie be like, I'll carry you, Mr. Frodo. I know. Ah. That's exactly what I was saying. And then maybe Animal as Golem. Oh, yeah. And then you'd have um, maybe like Dr. Teeth as, um, oh my, as Gimli. Yeah. Who would, or... would they just use the Eye of Sauron or would a character be that? Oh, it would be like, uh, oh, oh. I think they wouldn't do the eye of sauron as like a character yeah i think it would be just a giant muppet version of the eye of sauron <laughs> oh like, foam a foam eye like a, like a, like a felt eye that's kind of like looking yeah. around maybe like it has to put eye drops in or something like a goofier version of the eye of sauron oh that'd be so funny and then i'm thinking okay so christopher lee plays a rival wizard i i don't know what Lord of the Rings as much as I probably should. Saruman. Saruman. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, if we're having Sam the Eagle as Gandalf. Yeah. Continuing with birds, maybe Big Bird as Saruman. Big Bird as Saruman. <laughs> that would be... I know the rights oh. are tied up in different areas, but maybe oh, wow. the Disney could strike a deal. <laughs> yeah, that... That's my pitch. And I have to give a plug for the Muppet Christmas Carol. So this movie is so good. They do a... (laughs) So so Gonzo Uh plays... um, Oh my gosh, my my mind's going blank. The author of A Christmas Carol. Oh, Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. And Rizzo the Rat is his foil. So so Rizzo... So Gonzo's telling the story. And Rizzo's like, What? You're not... 
you're not um oh crap what, what was his name just charles, charles dickens? dickens you're not charles dickens and he's like <laughs> if i was in charles dickens then how would i know this and then it's just funny their their whole dynamic there's a lot of great jokes in there awesome songs like oh like if you can't imagine a christmas carol with musical parts there's some really good parts really yeah and then how recent was that movie it came out in 92 oh it was the first post jim henson muppets project that's right. I remember you told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And Michael Caine plays Scrooge. Oh. That's... I mean, I'm already a Michael Caine fan. Yeah. And then if we're talking about Muppet, something Muppet adjacent that Jim Henson did was Emmett Otter... Emmett Otter something Christmas? Oh. You should look it up. It was based on a children's book. And it's not connected to the Muppets universe, but it's played by puppets. And so... There's this one scene where Emmett Otter and his mom... I've never seen the movie, but, I, but I've but i seen these outtakes. So they're outside... Oh, I have seen these outtakes. I know have? exactly you know what, I'm talking about? what you're talking about. They're outside about. a storefront and yes. something rolls by. Like, what is like, it? I think it's a drum. Okay, like, yeah, it's a yeah. drum. And they, they do like over a hundred takes. Because they can't get it right. And they're just making these silly, like, you know... They swear it several times. Yeah, we'll link it on our Twitter. Yeah, um, we should because it's, it's you so get, you have to watch it. It's hysterical because yeah. they they the the actors are just having a ball with it. They're just staying in character and making the different characters and the puppets move. Yeah, I yeah, it's just like I guess it kind of you know effed it up there, <laughs> and it's like this little otter and like this little boy otter. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's yes. so good. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, wow. So, Muppet Movie, you get a 5 out of 10. Yeah. I get 7.5 out of 10. But I think we can both agree it was a good time. Fun jokes. And uh, another great movie for Double uh, A Pop Culture Cast's uh, Month of Firsts. Yes, so, it is. All right. Well, this has been our episode talking about the Muppet Movie. Uh, we look forward to next week where we'll be talking about... Alien! Alien! Yes, the uh, very bit of a tonal shift there from the Muppet <laughs> movie to like sci-fi horror uh, will be quite quite different. So, uh, catch us next week, uh, Monday mornings. Also, we gotta, we forget, keep forgetting to plug our social media. Let's do it! Yeah, so we have a Twitter account and it is at AACultureCast. Uh, we well, actually, I think I changed it recently. I think it's Popcast. It? Oh, you changed it now? Yes, it's AA Popcast. AA Popcast on Twitter. Um, just go in and confirm that. And then I know yes. for sure Instagram is AA Pop Culture Cast. The we full might, title. Yeah, we might be changing our name to just Popcast. We're still playing around with it. But yeah. you can find us at both those places. We post, we think, hopefully interesting things. Yes. Uh Look on our Instagram for upcoming uh, podcast episodes, different discussion-based things. We'll have polls on our Twitter, um, and then we'll be giving previews to different episodes on there. So follow us on both of those to stay updated for everything Pop Culture Cast. All right. Nice.